Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we will be discussing the article, Response Inhibition Activates Distinct Motor Cortical Inhibitory Processes. Before we begin, let's meet our guests. Hi, I'm Matthew Cowie. I'm a student in the Movement Neuroscience Lab at the University of Auckland, and I completed this experiment as part of my Master of Science. Hi, I'm Dr. John Cirillo. I'm a postdoctoral research fellow within the Movement Neuroscience Lab in the Department of Exercise Sciences at the University of Auckland. My areas of expertise include movement neuroscience, motor cortex plasticity, and transcranial magnetic stimulation. And I'm Professor Winston Bidlow, Director of the Movement Neuroscience Lab at the University of Auckland, and I've been studying human neurophysiology and various topics related to neurorehabilitation for about 20 years. Can you give us a brief introduction to the concept of response inhibition? Response inhibition refers to the ability we have to cancel pre-planned movement. Think of it as the brain's way of putting the brakes on our intentions to move, often to keep us from harm. It can be seen in our daily life, for example, when we step out to cross a road, but all of a sudden the car comes around a corner and we have to rapidly cancel our movement. We know from neuroimaging studies that response inhibition requires a network of brain areas that include the inferior frontal gyrus, the pre-SMA, the basal ganglia nuclei, and the primary motor cortex. So this new study focuses on the role of motor cortex in response inhibition. What is the significance of GABAergic inhibitory networks within human primary motor cortex? So GABAergic inhibitory networks play a key role in fine-tuning of descending commands required for dexterous manual activity. Within the primary motor cortex, we can assess GABA-B and GABA-A receptor-mediated inhibition using paired pulse transcranial magnetic stimulation. GABA-B is typically associated with tonic inhibitory effects, whereas GABA-A is modulated temporally and spatially to permit selective muscle activation. The aim of this study was to better understand how primary motor cortex GABA-B and GABA-A networks support response inhibition. What was your hypothesis regarding informative and uninformative cues preceding response inhibition? So a bimanual response inhibition paradigm was used where the default response was to lift both left and right index fingers together in time with dynamic display indicators in order to stop the indicators at a target position. When either or both indicators stop automatically, this is the cue to cancel the response of the corresponding hand or hands. If one hand is cued to stop, the response of the other hand is markedly delayed, an effect our group has replicated in many studies. We call this delay the interference effect, and we hypothesize that if we give an informative cue before the hand has to stop, the interference effect would be reduced. So for GABAergic inhibitory networks, we hypothesized a non-selective reduction in GABA-B regardless of Q-type. We also hypothesized that there would be both a hand and muscle-specific reduction in GABA-A inhibition with more advanced inflammation. In our 2016 article in the journal, we found that GABA-B inhibition was positively associated with the interference effect when no advanced inflammation was available. So this new study extends on this previous interesting result. What were your findings? So we again saw a large interference effects when just one hand had to stop. As expected, advanced inflammation in the form of informative cues did reduce, but not eliminate this interference effect, demonstrating that it is a robust constraint that comes into play whenever we want to stop just part of a movement. 
We also show that regardless of Q-type, GABA-B inhibition was reduced in both muscles whether or not informative or uninformative cues were presented. Interestingly, when cues indicated greater response certainty, there was a spatially specific release of GABA-A inhibition. And similar to our 2016 finding, GABA-B inhibition was again correlated with the interference effect but only with uninformative cues. So this finding appears to be specific to a more reactive context. What are the implications and next steps of the research? We found distinct roles for both of these inhibitory GABA networks within the primary motor cortex. The GABA-B system appears to set inhibitory tone at a global level and is relative to response expectations, whereas GABA-A inhibition seems to be released more selectively once the decision to respond is made. Currently, we're beginning to look at GABA inhibition in both hemispheres simultaneously to attempt to better localise the neurophysiological basis of the interference effect. And a broader implication of this work is how response inhibition relates to impulse control more generally. Response inhibition tasks provide an entry point and a better understanding of the pathophysiology of conditions characterised by poor impulse control with potentially trainable aspects. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in today's discussion of the article, Response Inhibition Activates Distinct Motor Cortical Inhibitory Responses, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology.